Hi, I'm Corey Litzenberger from CGLTax.ca, and this is Brainstorming Plus Tax. In this episode of Brainstorming Plus Tax, I'm going to do a little bit of a budget prediction on what's coming down the quote-unquote pipeline for the federal budget this spring. But first, we're going to talk about the Alberta budget for 2020 that just came down and see if there's anything we got to worry about there. So in looking at the Alberta 2020 budget, there wasn't a lot of tax differences in place that we saw or hadn't already heard of back in my fall presentation, which ironically was the last time we had a podcast. And it's mainly because we've had a very quiet winter when it came to the tax announcements or tax changes, which is probably a good thing considering the massive change we had announced near Christmas of 2017 that basically put us into a spiral in the tax community of trying to play catch up and implement something very complex in a very short period of time. So looking first at the corporate tax side of things, small business rate, you haven't seen any change in a while. It'll stay there. It'll be at uh, 2% provincial. So the combined provincial and federal rate is at 11%. The general corporate tax rate is now down to 10% back to where it was before 2015, and that is now a combined rate of 25%, and is projected currently to go down to 9% provincially in 2021, which would be a combined rate of 24. On the personal income tax side, no changes to the tax brackets, no indexation either, which means there is a little bit of bracket creep happening for those who are getting their wages adjusted for inflation while the brackets are not being adjusted for inflation. Other than that, there wasn't really a lot of change. There is no changes to personal tax credits in this budget. And the only other personal tax measures is what we're combining the Alberta Family Employment Tax Credit and the Alberta Child Benefit into a single program. So instead of having two checks coming at two different times, there'll now be one payment, which will probably make things a little bit more simple as far as how this is administered. And although the formula to calculate what you get will be complex, At the end of the day, most people just want to see that check in the mail. They don't care how it's been figured out. When it comes to the other tax measures, the vaping products tax, which is a new tax, will be a 20% tax on the retail sale price of vaping products, although the implementation of that tax uh, for the date has not yet been announced. The tourism levy is now being extended to vacation rental by owner and Airbnb type of places, which means for those of you that are doing short-term accommodation rentals, you will now start seeing taxes on those being collected by those agencies on behalf of their members and customers and remitted to the government on their behalf to put them on a level playing field with hotels and bed and breakfast and so on. The education property tax is going to be rising by 3.1%. Uh, farmland residential go up to $2.64 per $1,000, while non-residential rate will go to $3.88 per thousand from three seventy-six. When it comes to looking at the federal 2020 budget, nothing has happened yet, and we haven't heard any informal leaks of what will be there. But looking at a minority government situation as to what we could possibly see, these are some sky-is-falling scenarios that I'm hoping I'm wrong on every single one of. But these are things that quite possibly could have at least one, if not more, inserted into this budget in order to help it get passed by having another party that supports this measure support it. If I was to put the federal 2020 budget into one word as to what I think will happen, that word would be pipeline. Now you're saying, well, wait a minute, Corey, this is a tax podcast. What are you talking about? Well, you see, in the tax community, we have a couple different things we use for planning purposes. One of them is called a pipeline transaction. 
Now, we see those with estates, and we've gotten our blessing from the CRA and finance, within reason, of course, in using these pipeline transactions after a capital gain that's been taxed, so that we don't have double taxation on on situations that could arise where you've got a taxable capital gain and a dividend for pulling the assets out of an operation. And that just is not in the spirit and purpose of the Income Tax Act. So the idea behind the pipeline transaction is that you'd insert another corporation to flow the assets through. Usually it's done in a terminal filing after someone has passed away in order to have resources to pay the tax bill at the end. And again, just so that you're only taxed once rather than being taxed twice on the same money. So what do we have with pipeline that is a concern? Well, I'm not sure they're going to target the deceased pipeline as much as I'm concerned they're going to start targeting the living pipeline. Sometimes we see these pipelines done on purpose in order to trigger capital gains and pull excess cash out of the the company. Basically, the company's probably trying to position itself for a sale. And although traditionally you could normally do a a set up another company, pay a dividend and and get that cash out of there, rules have said, well, we don't want that company to be able to pay a dividend to another company because that dividend will flow tax-free. And if the reason you're doing that is to reduce the capital gain, we don't like that. The truth of the matter is, is that it's not being used to reduce the capital gain. It's being used because it's excess. It's not part of the business operation. You don't sell cash purchaser is not going to spend money to buy cash that is stuck inside a corporation. They're they're buying assets. They're buying the operations. They're buying the industry. They're buying the business. They're buying the building. They're not buying the cash. If you were to do any type of other transaction where you set up a new corporation to spin off the cash, you might fall offside and trigger some of these other tax provisions. So the pipeline transaction is to avoid this. The pipeline transaction was to basically trigger the capital gain yourself and pay that tax and then move that to a corporation so that the dividend is not as problematic because the gain is no longer being avoided. You've paid your tax on that capital gain, and then sell your business that is now pure with all the assets in it uh, to a third party that is buying it. And that is a normal transaction that makes sense. We're not trying to avoid a capital gain. At the end of the day, you're paying capital gain on the full value. You paid capital gain on the excess cash that was in the company. And you paid a capital gain on the amounts that are being sold to the third party, which is exactly what that anti-avoidance provision under 55.2 is is trying to capture anyway. So no harm, no foul, right? Well, we saw an introduction or attempted introduction of such a tax change that would remove the ability to do a capital gain pipeline or an intervivos pipeline or a capital gain strip, whatever the flavor of the day of the phrasing you'd like to use. And so I'm a little concerned that they're going to try and bring that back in as a way to penalize those that have built up a nest egg inside their companies even further. We've already seen the adjusted aggregate investment income rules. We've already seen the introduction of specified corporate income rules and, of course, the tax on split income rules, all impacting things like dividends, intercorporate transactions, and building up any type of nest egg for retirement inside your small business corporation. So what's left? Well, what's left is selling. And when you sell your company, you have to sell to a third party if you're a small business in order to get any type of exemption option. But again, no one buys cash and cash is not going to be eligible for the exemption anyway. It actually might put you offside. So you need to get it out of there. So you're not trying to avoid the capital gain. In fact, we actually trigger the tax on purpose. However, for whatever reason, that is still being frowned upon because, hey, it's not a dividend. 
But I'm hoping that they don't change that, but it's quite possible that we might see the changes going towards targeting pipeline transactions, which will then make the succession of the small business that much harder. What else could we see? Well, we could see the rise of the capital gains rate to 75% from 50%, so that you would now have an inclusion of three quarters of the gain rather than a half. And it wouldn't be surprising if we saw that. We did have that rate prior to the year 2000, if you recall. So we have a potential capital gains inclusion change. We have a potential pipeline problem. And the last thing that's still on the theme of pipelines, obviously, we might see in this federal budget has to do with, let's be honest, the oil and gas pipelines. There's parties that don't want those pipelines and there's parties that do. And depending on which way this budget, how badly the current government of the day wants to stay in power will depend on which way they go with this as well. And so I think this budget pipeline is going to be the theme whether it be the construction of them or the demantling of them, both physically and in tax. So I think uh, going into this federal budget, if you are looking at triggering any type of capital gains, now might be the time. If you're triggering, looking at doing any type of capital gains strip or intervivo pipeline plan, now may be the time. And, and if you don't know how to do those, uh, contact my office. I'm more than happy to uh, take on that work. So what does this mean? I'm thinking, well, it means that we're going to see probably capital gains rates possibly change. We're going to see pipeline transactions possibly not be allowed anymore, or we might see the construction or the destruction of the oil and gas pipelines. So there's my chicken little sky is falling take on budget 2020 forecast. If I can sum this up in one word, it's pipelines. And with that, for CGL Strategic Business and Tax Advisors, I'm Corey Litzenberger. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.